Welcome to Author Express, where you get to discover the voice behind the pages of your favorite book. I'm your host, Shauna Rodriguez, and I'm so glad you chose to be here with us. I'm looking forward to the author we have to chat with us today. Robert Harrison is the author of five works of horror, or horror light, as he calls it. His books are just scary enough to keep the lights on, but shouldn't give you too many nightmares. The Onyx Trilogy, his first books, take place in upstate New York just after World War II, where a returning serviceman inadvertently brings back a relic from the Philippines, which terrorizes the family and the rest of his community. Robert drew heavily from Filipino folklore and other historical resources to write a compelling and frightening series of books. His standalone novel, Raven's Temple, is about a serial killer who belongs to a cult in Florida, which promises immortality. His most recent book, a novella, is The Ghost of Witch's Point, which poses the question, can you fall in love with a ghost? So there's a little bit of variety even within the genre of horror. So I'm excited to learn more about Robert Harrison and his selection of writing. Thank you so much for being here today, Robert. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I am excited to get to know more about your writing. You are our first horror author, which is kind of fun to have that diversity. So tell me a little bit about the most interesting thing about where you are from, whether that's where you are now or wherever you consider yourself being from. I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, and I now live in Florida, and we're uh, moving back to Cleveland very shortly. Cleveland is most notorious for back in the 1960s, the river that runs through downtown, the Cuyahoga River, was so polluted that it would occasionally catch on fire. And oh my! Maybe there's a maybe there's a horror story in there too. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're moving uh, back, you can start working that into right. your repertoire, right? <laughs> Uh, but the city over the last several decades has made a real real positive turnaround and the river doesn't catch on fire anymore. That is so intriguing, a river that catches on fire. Like a welder spark would catch the pollution on fire and have this big conflagration of a river of flame. Yeah, well, that's a good name for a book right there, River of Flame. Right, right. (laughs) We've named your book. You just need to write it now. See how easy you made that for you, Robert. (laughs) On a a more positive note, Cleveland is also home to uh, a vast underground salt mine, Mm. which is actually underneath Lake Erie. And I incorporated that into uh, my book. And I worked in that salt mine when I was in college for a, a summer or two. So I incorporated that into my Onyx trilogy. And it is underneath the lake. Yes. The mine itself is about 1,800 feet deep, and it extends about two or three miles out from the shore of Lake Erie. Lake Erie is only about 300 feet deep. wow. That is fascinating. I love this. I learn all sorts of cool things by asking that question. To get to know you a little bit better, why don't you tell us, if you could have dinner with any four people, living or dead, who would they be? What would you chat about? And is there a specific dessert you would like to have? Good question. I'm a huge fanatic. Mm. And probably my top choice would be uh, the director, Stanley Kubrick. Ooh. I'm fascinated with his, his films, uh-huh. you know, The Shining, uh, Full Metal Jacket, uh, A Clockwork Orange, and my all-time favorite movie, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Uh-huh. So I would dearly love He passed away in the 90s, but I would love to uh, have a a long chat with him um, about his movies and his vision. Sticking with the movie theme, uh, 
going back, you know, a hundred years, probably Buster Keaton, the silent movie star. Ooh. Um, I watch a, I have a, a odd taste in movies. I watch a lot of obscure stuff from cold film noirs to silent films and sci-fi and foreign films. So uh-huh. give me some Buster Keaton and Stanley Kubrick. And then we probably have to to work in a, a you know a literary figure because I am an author. So <laughs> I would say, gosh, th- this sounds kind of a cliche, but like Ernest Hemingway. Really? Um, he, yeah, his his book, especially The Old Man of the Sea, was mm-hmm. just, I, I read it at a young age and it just uh, utterly, I was just totally taken with it. The imagery and just the desperation of the old man and the heartbreak when the sharks tore his fish apart. And just, you know, it's a simple book. It's a simple parable, but uh, it, it, it really struck me. And I would love to talk to him some more. Yeah, he seemed to have a pretty fascinating life, too, with where he went yes. and how he came through and, things. So. And I've been to his house in Key West here in Florida. Ooh, yeah. So where he had a whole herd of, I think they're called polydactyl cats. They have six toes and <laughs> they're still, uh, they're, they're still around the house. And I think I owe you one more person to have dinner with. Yeah. I would say the astrophysicist, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Ooh, fun. So, so somebody from a whole different era too. That's fascinating. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Modern. He's still alive. So. Got to shake it up a little bit. It's very cool. So looking at your books and your writing, so with Onyx series, is it actually based on an experience that you had or partially based on that? Yeah, the genesis for it came uh, about 30 years ago when my my son was born. And shortly after he was born, my first wife at the time and I started witnessing really bizarre things happening at it, it, began with like electronic devices turning on and off by themselves. Mm-hmm. And that was fairly easy to explain away. You know, maybe the batteries are going down or, you know, whatever. Solar flare, who knows. <laughs> but then when it was more physical things, they were harder to explain away, like a rocking chair rocking by itself. And not just like moving a little bit, it was really moving, like somebody was rocking at it and it wasn't slowing down. My wow. wife had to put her hand on it to get it to stop. I'd be scared to go near it. If it just keep rocking, I would leave the room. <laughs> One of the, uh, I don't know if you remember, years ago there was uh, this, this Fisher Price cash register mm-hmm. and it had these little plastic coins and uh, my, my son was playing with that in his bed and my wife was gonna to take him upstairs to put him, put him down in his bed and she asked if I would gather up those coins and, uh, you know, take them out of his bed. So I went upstairs, I put them on the dresser, got his bed all, all ready, came back downstairs. She took them up. She came down later and she said, I thought you cleaned, you know, cleared off his bed. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. Did I miss a, one of those coins? And she goes, no, they're scattered all over the bed. I'm like, no, I put them on the, on the dresser. She goes, there wasn't anything on the dresser. They were scattered all over the, the bed. Wow. Uh, lots of stuff happened. We filled up like two pages worth of stuff that just unexplained things, hearing voices, um, light switches 
physically flipping up and down uh, you know, on the wall. And my wife eventually called a psychic at the uh -huh. urging of a coworker of hers. Uh -huh. And the first thing the psychic said was, do you have any antiques in the house? And she said, well, actually, yes, uh, we have an antique dresser that's in my son's room. And the psychic explained that uh, antiques can sometimes hold the spirit or essence of a person who has died. And when an infant or toddler is introduced into the, the house, their energy brings out that spirit in the form of a poltergeist. So I'm kind of skeptical, but it sounds like a good as explanation as any. Well, and timing-wise, yeah, it kind of fits. Right. Because nothing unexplained had ever happened in the house before that. So Really? So I had been telling these stories, like I just told you, for, mm -hmm. for quite a number of years. And I thought about 10 years ago, why don't I just write this down as, you know, a ghost story, put it mm -hmm. into a book. So I started and I kind of realized, you know, ghost stories, they've been told a million times. I need something a little, a little different. So the book was set in upstate New York just after World War II. And I thought, let's introduce something totally out of the ordinary. So I studied up, you know, a lot of the war took place in the Philippines. And I did a lot of research on some of their origin mythologies and discovered this, this whole pantheon of creatures from their folklore. Mm -hmm. And I took one of them, it's called the Aswan, and it's this demon uh, yeah. that can separate itself from its waist and fly around and suck the life out of people. And it, not, a, not a nice, pleasant creature at all. So I, <laughs> Except made of horror stories, yes. <laughs> right. So I, I introduced that into the story. And a lot of what I wrote about, especially considering this, uh, concerning this creature, None of it really came out of my head. It was all just drawing exactly from Filipino folklore. Mm -hmm. So I just basically combined, you know, the Philippines with Western New York. That's there you go. Bring, it all, bring it, it all together. Right. Bring it all together. Right. Yes. <laughs> That's fascinating. So I got to ask, did you get rid of that dresser? I still have it. You still, still have, have it. that dresser. So, but the thing yeah. was resolved eventually when you moved or no Things longer? Now, after, after about 18 months, things just kind of quieted down and nothing ever happened again. I will say that the dresser, a picture of the dresser, actually appears on the cover of my first book, The Onyx Seed. Mm. And I took the dresser to a friend of mine who was a professional photographer, and I had him shoot the dresser uh, in his home studio. And he had it for like a day. And his wife, who knew nothing about what he was doing, mm -hmm. said, you got to get that thing out of here. I don't like it. Really? You got you to take it back to Bob. <laughs> Bob. Bob needs to keep that. That needs to not be here. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, that, that's part of the story then. So what has surprised you most about your writing career and coming into writing and being an author? It's a lot of work, but it is an amazing amount of fun. And I love connecting with readers. Probably the most heartwarming thing I heard from a reader was she, she said to me, she was an acquaintance and she learned that I wrote these books and she goes, you know, I haven't read in, in a long time, but I'll, you know, I'll try one. Mm -hmm. 
And she ended up getting hooked. She read all five and she said to me, you know, I hadn't read in probably 20 years, but reading your books, now I love reading again. So that when she's off and running, reading all sorts of things. And so, so that's, that's very gratifying. That's very gratifying. I love that. That's great. That's a great way to, to end that part of the conversation. So where's a good place for people to find you? What's the best way for people to connect with you and your books? Probably the best uh, is just go to my website, which is rwharrisonbooks.com. Nice. Keep it simple. I like that. rwharrisonbooks.com. That's wonderful. What book or story inspires you the most? Probably Ray Bradbury's Dandelion Wine. It was a, it's a science fiction, kind of a science fiction-y story, coming of age. The protagonist is like 12 years old, and I happened to read it when I was 12 or 13. And it just, it has a lot of nostalgia for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, and I remember exactly where I was when I read it. It just evokes a lot of, of nostalgia for me. And mm-hmm. I have literally not read the book since. Because really? I don't want to ruin, I, I don't want to ruin that experience, that that memory for me. Yes, no, that's amazing. I love that. That's a good one. That's great. Now I'm going to be curious about. It. I'm going to go read it. Thank okay. you, Robert. I appreciate you being here. This has been great. Thank you, Sean. I really appreciate it. This was fun. Thanks for joining us. I hope you take a second to give us a review on your favorite podcasting platform, and we'll be here again next Wednesday. Follow us on Instagram at Author Express Podcast to see who's coming up next. Don't forget, keep it express, but keep it interesting.